With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, did you ring up my order and tell me how much I'm spending? I just got something that's market price. Wow. Broke as fuck, my nigga. Yes. This is insane, you guys. Yo, this is sexy, man. <laughs> <laughs> Broadcasting live from the internet, it's Tuesday night, and this is the PanelsOnPages.com podcast with your host, Lee Rodriguez. At the end of the day, babies are terrible people, and I'm not sorry for saying it. Jason Nyes. Motherfucker, I won best costume! Jose Guzman. Yeah, I know nothing about Firestorm, except for his hat's always burning. And Kelly Harris. Boy, love, it appears we got a penis in the mail. <laughs> I just want to see all these Yelp reviews of Jose's jizz. <laughs> oh, sorry, I knocked you over the salt. Like you had anything better to do. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, today is Tuesday, uh, September 27th. And they're October in this bitch. Uh, Q3 is almost over, in case you're worrying about some, some things going on. Just, you know, just be aware of that. You know, file, file your paperwork. Uh, and this is episode number 355 of the PanelsOnPages.com podcast. God damn, we've been doing this for a long time. Uh, find all of our shows at PCN.PanelsOnPages.com. I'm your host, the Lord Reverend Lee Rodriguez. And joining me on the line tonight, we've got Mr. Jason Eyes. 11th hour 2016, make America late again. <laughs> Jose Guzman. I am king of Pillow Fort Mountain. <laughs> and Kelly Harris. This isn't a racial thing or anything, but Vietnamese pancakes taste like shrimp. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Like, are they supposed to? I think so. I had, I had uh, Vietnamese crepes for dinner tonight, and they, they were full of shrimp, I think. That's, that's what it said when I ordered it. Shrimp. There's meat on top. I don't know what the fuck they were, but I ate it. It was good. Hey. Shrimp. Yeah, like, I'm a big fan of shrimp and shrimp-flavored things, but not if it was not intended to be shrimp-flavored. Oh, yeah. Like, accidental <laughs> shrimp is the worst kind of shrimp. <laughs> like biryani brownie? To, like, pancakes that were, like, sticky, but not, like, syrupy sticky. They were just, like, sticky to the touch. Mm, and they were yeah. t- it's like pancakes. My kind of woman. Interesting. We we got a lot to talk about. Let's not waste any goddamn time. We've all got stories and things to talk about. Let's yeah, talk it's been it. uh, what was it? The first Tuesday of September was our last actual live podcast where we were all together. Or no, was it fucking August? No, no, no. We did one on the sixth, and then okay, yeah, I was out, and then last week with Master of the Universe, nice. back. So, Nice. Still, it's two so weeks we we've all been together. So we haven't actually missed a week. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so proud of yeah, us, guys. Yeah. It's goddamn November already. <laughs> now, we didn't have a show together, but I saw you fuckers a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
because uh, we were we I uh, was out uh, a couple weeks ago on a Disney cruise with the family, and it was delightful. Uh, big ups to uh, uh, Cher, Jose's lady, who um, many of uh, my circle here local just refer to as Mrs. Jose because I love her so much and want you to marry her. I've <laughs> <laughs> already taken the call here, Mrs. Jose, uh, for helping get us a hookup Mr. into a uh, Miss Joe's. Yeah, yeah, Miss Joe's. <laughs> Uh, got, got us into the Magic Kingdom uh, one day, so we were not planning on doing that. And you know what? I'll be damned if it didn't go quite well, because you know, rightfully so, we had some concerns about how Jax would handle the theme park life. And I'll be damned if by the end of it, he didn't know what waiting in the line was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get the idea, like, hey, eventually you're gonna get where you're going. Just chill the fuck out for a while. But it was a good day. It wasn't super hot. It wasn't super crowded. It all worked out fucking swimmingly well. It was great. That was wonderful. And then we hopped on the boat, and, um, you know, it was pretty rad. Like, I don't want to use the word because they've, they've pretty much branded that word, but the whole thing seemed fucking magical. It, <laughs> it really was, man. It was crazy because I was looking forward to it, of course, you know, but it exceeded all my expectations. It was fucking wild, man. Like, the, we're on the Disney Dream cruise ship, and so and the whole thing is just deck to the nine everything is beautiful and immaculate it's, it's like disney like if you go to right. if you've ever been to disney park like you know nothing's dirty everything looks amazing you know they have uh, a, sure you... a clocks what's that they have clocks disney loves to like hide the time so you don't oh very few clocks very <laughs> very few clocks yeah um but it was cr- it was wild they had a a full-on but you know theater where you know they put on elaborate like broadway style shows every night yep uh there was a separate from that there was a movie theater um that uh was showing new release movies like shit like we watched pizza dragon in the theater on the boat cool because why not that was actually pretty cool by the way i kind of forgot about that until just now but it was pretty sweet it was cool uh they had um the upper deck was all swimming pools and they had a fucking like titan tron playing Movies all day, like twenty four seven, like different shit. And they would like they played a, uh, you know, like PG thirteen fair at night. So the Guardians of the Galaxy under the moon under the stars one day. It was kind of cool. Oh my god, that's awesome! Nice. <laughs> yeah, like and they're always playing something. So it's like you know they they'll do. You know, they want to start a movie the half hour, so they they played Snow White, and then that was over, and there was like you know twelve minutes of trivia, and then Tangled started, and then that was over, and then played Beauty and the Beast. So they were kind of hopping around like the new ones and the old ones, and then at night they played like you know Pirates of the Caribbean or one of the you know more mature live action flicks or something. Like I I, I missed out on my one opportunity to watch Captain America. Uh, Civil War in 3D on the boat. I was Aww. kind of bummed out about that, but I already seen it like you know two and a half times on you know theaters and planes, so I was okay with it. But it was it was really fucking wild, dude. Uh, they had just all kinds of activities. I've never seen anything else that really had the market cornered on something for everyone, which was really impressive because Nicole was part of this uh, Facebook group, this, these Disney Cruise Junkies, it's called. And the people are like, oh, we're getting ready to go on our 34th Disney cruise. <laughs> and that's Holy our shit. 12th one with no kids. And I'm like, what kind of fucking weirdo goes on a Disney cruise with no kids? That is weird and unsettling. But, like, I kind of get it now because there are huge sections of the boat where kids can't go. Like, there's an adults-only restaurant and like, there's adults-only bars and clubs and, like, you know, uh, deck sections on the pool and, and stuff like that on the upper deck. Like, you don't have to Did see a kid if you don't want to unless you're in the hallway. Sex? What's that? Did you just say deck sex? Probably at some point. <laughs> no. 
So is it just like Caligula when the kids aren't allowed? I can't imagine. Yeah, probably. We didn't get to see a whole lot of that, unfortunately. Fucking uh, Tinkerbell going around blowing coke at everybody. (laughs) Welcome to adult land. Fly (laughs) with us. Uh, Mermaid's tits. (laughs) But they have, uh, if if your kids are potty trained, they have, they have, uh, you know, free babysitting for kids and like and the kids stuff is all broken down into like different age groups so like little kids and kids that was age and tweens and teenagers like it's really impressive like it's solid man and uh food is great it's it definitely you know we, we, I, I think we're certainly gonna do it again at least one more time before we do anything else as kind of our family vacation just because it really is a good way to vacation especially with the free child care when that comes into play <laughs> Drop the little fuckers off and see you guys in tomorrow. Call it a day. <laughs> see you guys back on dry land. <laughs> we did do. Uh, we did get sneak out and do one grown up thing. They had a uh, basically like a dating game thing uh, or a newlywed game, I should say, where they took like a couple that were, like was married for like two weeks. Uh, one couple been married for like forty two years, and one kind of in the middle. And they did like newlywed style questions. That was like a lot of fun. And I and they had a really good host. Like, the host was fucking good. It wasn't like Disneyland. The guy was really good and funny and, like, it was solid. And he was wearing a pharaoh costume because uh, they were doing their Halloween on the high seas thing at the same time, too. So there was one night where they had this big dance party and, like, all the characters came out dressed in their Halloween costumes. So it was meta as fuck. Had a guy in a Mickey suit who was in a Dracula suit. <laughs> that was, like, like suit inception. But, but it was it was, you know... There were always characters around, like for the kids and shit. It was it was a lot of damn fun. What you don't know is that underneath the Mickey costume, the guy in the Mickey costume was also wearing a Frankenstein costume. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like costume nesting dolls. But uh, the first night they had, uh, they did um, in the big like auditorium theater. They did uh, Nightmare Before Christmas in 3D because like, I guess they have a screen that they could drop over the theater for effects and shit. They project the movie on there. So the 3D. With like sing along lyrics on the bottom of the screen and like lighting effects, like so you know when she would go poof, like smoke would fill the auditorium and shit like that, and, like lights and you know, the ghosts would they project ghosts on the wall when the ghosts were on the screen. It was fucking cool. And then at the end of the movie, when Jack and Sally kiss, fucking Jack and Sally pop up out of the bottom of the stage and went out for like a photo op. I never seen like the Jack suit in person before. It was cool. Whoa. They kiss, yeah. they just pop out and just start fucking. Welcome to like, Adult Land. That's the final note, <laughs> you know, as they go, like the fucking, they just kind of come up slowly, like exactly where they're on the screen. It was fucking neat. Like it was just badass. That's cool. Eyewise shut music starts playing. <laughs> yeah, Sally has on like a masquerade mask. She gets oh, weird. Hey, oh, hey, oh. <laughs> and last couple things I'll mention before I move on is uh, like some awesome tech things. It's like so. I, I was probably midway through the first day when I looked over and realized that one of the paintings on the wall was not a painting. It was uh, uh, a monitor. And so, like, you know, the it's a painting of, like, Belle or whatever, or not Belle, like Ariel, and then, like, you know, fish are swimming around her. And so she, she comes alive for a couple seconds before resuming her position on the painting. I'm like, that's fucking neat. <laughs> they were all over the shit, you know, these, like, fake paintings. Uh, and part of why they were there was for this... Uh, Mickey's detective agency they had. And so they had three different cases. And so you, there were like two stations on the boat where you kind of get your badge card. And it's a cardboard uh, badge with a very unique pattern on it. And depending on which case you chose to do, we did the Muppet, they did a Muppet one. 
So it was like, you know, someone stole the Muppets props or whatever. And so instead of Mickey, it was Kermit and Pepe sending you on the, the search. So they, they're, they're, they, send, they have a map. Like, hey, these are where the clues are. Go flash your badge at these paintings, and you'll find the clues. And so sure as shit, we traced all over the boat and, you know, pull up our, you know, the badge. And, like, you know, the, the painting would come alive, and it would be the fucking Muppets, you know, showing you what's happening next and what the clues are. And you, had, you could manu- manipulate the badge as, like, your hand and the eye, like, uh, it was like a big AR thing or whatever. So you could, you know, turn the badge to open up screws to investigate the clues and shit like that. Oh, my God. And, and at one point, um, like, you know, there's a, like, I think it was a winning bingo ticket or something was at one of the, uh, the, the clues. And they said, oh, great, you know, that's cool. So that must mean that, you know, whoever sold the thing, whatever, is a, uh, was a bingo winner. Okay. And Pepe says, oh, I have, you know, there's a, a list of the bingo winners on my door. Okay, go find my door. And so you look the map, and sure as shit, Pepe's door is on deck five. And it's like a three-foot-tall door <laughs> right next to other cabins with all this Muppet shit pinned to it. And that's where you went for one of your next clues and shit. And there was a – they had these phones uh, that you can kind of use as, like, you know, just communicate only on the boat. You know, every room had two. And Pepe's phone number was on the door, too. And if you called – you had your room phone and called the number, you had to fucking talk to Pepe for a little while. <laughs> you guys, it was so fucking cool. <laughs> it was so fucking cool. And at the end, you had, had to – you know, figure out who did it. Was a who done it? At the end, it was a legit who done it thing. It was fucking neat. I f- and then uh, I feel like there was maybe ten, fifteen years where Disney didn't make any sort of big technological advances in their theme parks or whatever. But right. man, starting with that goddamn Monsters University laugh floor, they've upped their game considerably. See, now, I figured you would dig this, too, because they had a similar thing on one of the restaurants. Because the way they do it is they, there are four restaurants on the boat, and they assign you a, a dinner time. There's an early and a late seating for dinner, and then they put you on a rotation. So that way, like, the restaurants are never crowded. You know where you're going to be, right? And, and your, your, your service staff goes with you. So whoever you have, like, is your table server, like, you know, every, the first day is your table server all week long. And one of the restaurants is called the Animator's Palette. And it's this beautiful, lavish restaurant with like all these uh, like um, maquettes and like production art on the walls and like you know these yes big like palettes on the wall that have like you know monitors that cycle through production art and things like that. It's it's gorgeous. Well, when, you know before the food comes out, all those monitors turn to water, and like you know Marlin and Dory float up and they're doing their little stick or whatever, talking about how they're going to play games. And then before you know it, like Crush the turtle comes up. And looks down and is like, oh, man, who's that guy in that sweet Hawaiian print uh, shell? <laughs> I'm talking to you, dude. <laughs> hey, you. And, like, fucking Crush travels the room talking to people at the dinner tables, like, interacting, like, you know, in real time. Like, brilliant. It's fucking crazy good. <laughs> like, crazy that, is, good. that is some next level where, you know, as a kid, you see the characters in the costume and, you know, while it's cool... It still looks like a costume, but that's some shit that will just bring magic to the eyes of a child or an adult, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, oh, yeah, they're grown adults losing their shit about it. <laughs> at one point, he tried to pit one of the tables of Cubans against one of the tables of Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was fuck it was fucking magic. It was really really cool. So it was great. Uh, lost my fucking life in the airport. I was super pissed about that. Ah. Uh... So upset. 
My new knife is nowhere near as good. <laughs> uh, came home and immediately started planning Zoe's birthday party. Had that last weekend. It was great. Everybody, you know, thanks for everybody that came out. She had a wonderful time. Lots of books and toys. And we finally broke down and we got her a little TV for her bedroom. We hung it on the wall. And she actually cried actual honest to God tears when she opened it up. So we're doing something right. The kid's, yeah. kid's all right. She yeah. gets it. Agreed. She's all like, uh, uh, never mind. I won't share that story on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was kind of I'll funny. share that story. Uh, the, you know, the night of the UFC pay-per-view when uh, Cher brought up the concept of getting you guys into Disney, Zoe was, what, in the other room? She was so, Or she had her headphones on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once it, once it all got set up, you guys had her take her headphones off and you tried to explain it to her. You know, we're going to Magic Kingdom tomorrow. And she just didn't. It didn't register. Yeah, just un- no sell. Totally un- no sell. Yeah. Until like 10 minutes later when she realized it was Disney World and she kind of just crumpled into a sobbing heap. Not that bad, but. Yeah, no, she's doing all right. She's doing okay. But yeah, uh, I was kind of, it was, it was all, all good, man. Uh, just fucking tired because hot back into work and now I'm doing this. I'm in the training class at work trying to learn new things and. Like it's one of those you know guided online live courses. I'm taking a Microsoft course for integration services, all that jazz. And every time I take one of these things, I'm always reminded of like the the feeling I had during the first couple of weeks of college. I looked around, I'm like, oh shit, these fuckers have been lying to me my whole life. Uh, you don't have to be smart to go to college. <laughs> <laughs> they will let anyone in. <laughs> shit. And so there's some fucking idiots. In this class, that like can't perform basic Windows operations. So like, what the fuck are you trying to run a data warehouse, you assholes? Like you're, people are stupid as shit. And it made me think. Like I don't understand. Like I I know, like I know what I don't know, right? Like I, I know my limitations, and I, yes. I know there's some shit that I don't know about. So like I don't, you know, pretend like I'm there. I'm not gonna talk authoritatively about like. Cars and football and shit. Like this is not my bag. Like, I know what I don't know. But like, do you think really like truly fucking dumb people know what they don't know? And that is like you know everything. No. Or are they blissfully unaware that they're fucking idiots? Because you wouldn't know that they were dumb unless they were saying dumb shit about shit they had no knowledge uh, of. Maybe, maybe it's a fair point. Unless you, that's that's the only way you reveal yourself as dumb, you know. Yeah, maybe. It's <laughs> a sad, sad, sad life. Or maybe not. Maybe ignorance is bliss. Maybe they're fucking happier than a pig and shit. I don't know. I don't know because they don't have to have the same realization, revelations that I do. So maybe they're doing better than I am. I don't know. Then, uh, last thing, real quick, um, talk about a couple new TV shows. Uh, opened up with a clip from Atlanta. The Donald Glover show on FX, it's pretty fun. I like that show. Yep, need to get on that. Yeah, it's really good. Good dialogue. You know, it's it's solid. The uh, not his cousin Paperboy, but his that guy's boy. I forget his name. Uh, uh that actor is so damn funny. Like he, that guy is amazing. Like the uh, last episode, you know, the Donald Glover's character Ern is is broke. He's fucking dead broke. And so, you know, him and one of his boys, they walk in this pawn shop. He's going to pawn his phone, you know. And so this, his boy says, 
the guy's like, I'll give you ninety dollars, and he says, Hey, man, if you need the money, take the money, but like you should probably trade it for this sword, this like ninja sword. And he's like, Uh, okay, like we'll we'll trade you up. It'll be fine. And so then he trades it for the sword, and he goes, you know, he takes the sword and walks into like you know what it what clearly was like some kind of a drug operation or something with all these Asian people. And you know, hands the guy the sword. Is like, is he gonna? Is he coming for the money or whatever? He come back with the money. He goes, no, 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 don't no, worry about it. And the guy comes back with like a big ass pit bull, and he hands him a pit bull. Like, cool, cool. We got one more stop. And they ride out to like, and this is all kind of intermixed with the, other, the kind of a plot of the show. And they ride out to this fucking farm in the middle of nowhere with this dog, and he hands the dog. And he's like, what do you think, man? This you know old dude comes out. Like, oh, that's a good dog, man. Thank you, thank you. And he walks off. And he's like, is he is he coming back with the money? He goes, nah, man. You're gonna we're gonna breed that dog with another dog, and we're gonna get like nine k in September. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Well, you just fucked me for now, you know that, right?" <laughs> it's a long, long, long play. It was really fucking fun. Um, uh, also checked out the Good Place on NBC. Mary watched that and was very pleased with it. It's a, it's fun too. Like it's one of those things that is the the basic premise is Kristen Bell dies and goes to the good place. It's not quite you know the it's not quite heaven. It's basically heaven, but they don't prescribe any like religion. Like it's it's the good place, and just like there's a good place, there's a bad place. And you know, Kristen Bell's character finds out. You know she kind of realizes real quick that they made a terrible mistake. Like the memories they're showing are not her memories. Like the world they've catered for her is not her world. Like. Someone with her name was supposed to be there, not her. So she has no business being in the good place. She's trying to figure out like, how to become a good person, kind of game the system. Really smart premise. Like I like the premise. I like all the characters in it. Like it's really solid. But I don't know how that makes it to season four. Like not because it's bad, but just because that's a that's a concept and a, and a premise that. I feel like we'll run out of legs relatively quickly. Kind of like a like a prison break or a once upon a time. <laughs> right, yeah. Like once they broke the prison, you broke. <laughs> like that, <laughs> then the show becomes prison broke and no one likes that, you know? <laughs> or um, it was like a um, Homeland on Showtime. Like was about this guy that, you know, comes back from being a POW in Afghanistan for years and like, you know, was basically like a sleeper agent. You know, and it's like, oh, the whole thing is like, oh, they they told him he's gonna blow up the president or some shit, and like, you know, okay, well, at the end of the season, he's either gonna blow up the president or not blow up the president, and after that, the show's over. No, 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 they ran that show for like four more years somehow, <laughs> and every year it was just like, uh, that guy's not even in the show anymore, right? It's fucking dumb. Uh, the last one I've checked out recently is uh, Son of Zorn on Fox, and. I really like Son of Zorn on Fox, <laughs> but like it doesn't have a chance. <laughs> That's um, Lord and Miller, right? Yeah, they're the, they didn't create it, but they're the EPs on it, okay. so they got their hands in it for sure. But it is uh, basically it's, it's a He-Man archetype that comes back to visit his son on his seventeenth birthday, and now. Zorn is animated, and everything that he brings back from his world, his kind of island and home of Zathura, is animated. Everyone else is not animated. So you get this kind of like, you know, low-rent Roger Rabbit look on top of it, and, you know, it's very much in the spirit of, you know, your uh, Herculoids, He-Man, shit like that. So the, the, the gags are good, and Tim Meadows is uh, his wife's new fiancé, and that guy is so fucking funny. Like, solid idea. Solid idea. But... 
it's too weird. It's too weird to ever get picked up for season two. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Well, it's I don't paired that with having a long life because it's too strange. It's paired with Last Man on Earth, isn't it? Uh, I don't think that's back yet. No, they, I, they had a new episode on Sunday. Oh, did they? Great. Yeah. Hell yeah. Then I guess it is. So, I mean, that's that's a good one-two punch right there. Yeah. yeah. In that case, I might have a shot then. I didn't realize that was back. I looked that up on the Hulus. But uh, it is funny, man. And it's uh, you can get it on Hulu right now to get caught up. It's just uh, two episodes. It's I like it. It's 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 right in that weird uh, wheelhouse for me. Uh, there's a bit where he's talking to his son who, who was named Allegulon. But everyone else calls him Alan because Allegulon is a fucking cartoon name. <laughs> and, uh, he says, "Yeah, yeah." He gets a, He has to get a job. So like when he's, he's wearing this like you know barbarian, he looks like He Man. But like you know when he's at work, he has to wear this like button up white shirt on top of this like loincloth and shit. And uh, he's like, "Well, my, my boss, man, he's a really good guy, and it's it's crazy. Like if I didn't know any better, I think he's a woman. Like the guy goes to the woman's restroom, he uses tampons for Christ's sake, with all these dresses, and like it's 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 really committed to the bit." And his son's like, I think that's just a woman, Dad. He goes, you don't understand, son. He's my superior. <laughs> that, that, you're talking crazy talk. It's, it's, it's solid. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, that's, that's all I got. We're talking about uh, today. Are you uh, caught up on that Kamen Rider Ghost, Kelly? Uh, no. No, I am one or two weeks behind now. I'm not sure. I know I need to... I still have the finale, and then there's like an epilogue episode. The epilogue it should be out soon. Uh, yeah, so I just I haven't seen night. the finale yet. Yeah, I just don't know what the fuck happened toward the end of that show, man. Like they're just throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks. <laughs> yeah, it got kind of weird near the end. Yeah, really fucking weird. As if they kind of was like was when uh when uh fuck Adele, the main bad guy, is like, oh, your dad died. Oh shit. I was the guy that killed your dad. <laughs> Just like yeah. fucking out of nowhere. And that's the least weird thing that happened. <laughs> like, I love how they just like probably figured out like five minutes before they were making that episode. Like, wait, they never said what killed Takara's dad. Fucking Adele could have killed his dad. <laughs> Why not? He's, he's, he's killed a dad before. I mean, this is his thing. He just likes killing dads. I don't know. Fuck, we're geniuses. How many weeks until the next one comes out? Fuck, let's keep going, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that uh, Kamen Rider X-Aid starts next week. And that shit looks bonkers. I'm fucking hyped for that. It looks insane. There's a fire starting in my heart. <laughs> That's all I can think of. <laughs> Adele would be a great villain in something, well, I feel. Dad, Kamen Rider Ghost. Yeah, what you, uh, what you got going on, Kelly? Besides Common Rider Ghost episodes. Oh, not much. You know, I've been doing the usual watching wrestling, all that stuff. Um, something out of the norm. Uh, I want I want to go see Cirque du Soleil. So now, you said this earlier today, and, like, was this a destination thing, or are they on tour by you? They yeah. are on tour. Okay, and, okay. Uh, they were bringing around a show called Turok, or Turok. The Dinosaur Hunter. I was it, about to say. <laughs> a Avatar-themed show. Ah, uh, now see, that sounds like it would be cool. Now, mind you, I've never seen the film Avatar. You might be saying, hey, Kelly, why'd you go to Cirque du Soleil that's themed around Avatar if you've never seen the movie Avatar? Well, let me tell you something. I didn't pay to go to Cirque du Soleil. 
what happened was at work we gotten some Cirque du Soleil people got in contact with us and in promoting their event on our Facebook page they sent us vouchers for tickets. Alright. So on the free ticket voucher it says this you know this voucher is uh, you can use it for two second tier seats. So like okay cool we'll have hopefully not terrible seats. We, I don't think we'll be in the nosebleeds but whatever. We might be. Who cares? It's free. Right. So uh Unless it ain't cheap. Exactly. So my manager, Andy, goes and gets the uh, tickets. Then we go. Uh, I find out when we're on the way there, our tickets aren't shitty at all. We're in the sixth row. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah. We're in the sixth row, and each of our tickets would have been $130 if we had bought them. Wow. (laughs) And so, okay, I'm going to ask you guys. You go into Cirque du Soleil. It's at, like, for me, it's the Bradley Center. Like, okay. I don't know what, it's pretty much whatever venue WWE runs when they come to your town. Okay, sure, sure, sure. okay. So, so like, How, a, it's like a, 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 an arena. Yes. <clears throat> How do you dress? Well, for Cirque du Soleil, probably pants and some sort of collared shirt. See, I, w- I went with, uh, with a T-shirt. And some uh, an Okada T-shirt, mind you, <laughs> and uh, some cargo shorts. Yeah, what did you as feel did, as did uh, my manager and his his wife dressed up a little more than us, but not much. And boy, were we underdressed. <laughs> well, yeah, a hundred thirty bucks a ticket. <laughs> also, at the time, mind you, when I dre- when I was picking out my clothes, I did not know where we were sitting. <laughs> right, right. I feel like I would have been in the. Boy, goddamn, the exact same scenario <laughs> yeah. for you. Well, have I? It's like, fuck, I don't think I would never dress up to go to the Bradley Center because the only reason I'm right. going there is to either watch a hockey game or wrestling. Exactly. <laughs> but I feel like Cirque du Soleil, even though it's it's very commercial, it's along the same lines as like the ballet or the opera. You know, you're not wearing a tuxedo and a monocle, but. Oh, uh, there there's some people. <laughs> there <laughs> that was some would have you think that. So we got there, and it is the strangest cross-section of people I've ever seen. Literally anybody you could think of was there. You got old people, young people, people of all colors, people of all ages. Just no unifying theme among anybody. And that's why Avatar is the highest-grossing movie of all time. (laughs) (laughs) It was insane. Like, I was just looking at people... And no, it was just the most diverse group of people that I feel like I've been in in quite some time. Like a fucking, like a, like a Benetton ad. Yeah. So we, we take our seats. Uh, we are at the edge of a row, which is nice. Uh, the people behind us are all in fancy suits and fancy dresses. Uh, <laughs> the people to our right are in a fancy dress and a very nice sweater. Luckily, the people in front of us are pretty much dressed how we are. <laughs> well, that's so the that's, thing. Like, you know, while, while the people you're, you're going to be the only scumbags there, it'd be fine. Yeah, it's nice. For yeah. every nice-dressed person, there is a, a person dressed like me. So right, good. right. Yeah. So, <laughs> at one point, the uh, we're Andy, our, my manager Andy and I are, are just laughing like, we have no business being in these seats. We have no business being there at all. And the woman behind us goes, oh, did you guys get upgraded? 
<laughs> no, we didn't pay for these at all. We got them for free. And she goes, I, I'm done talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> so the show starts, and it's it's Avatar as fuck. Like, again, I've never seen Avatar, but they're all speaking, like, Avatar language. And it's a prequel. Oh, really? to, it's, all, it's a prequel to the movie. And there is one guy that's speaking English. He, he has the role of the storyteller. What is, he tells what is, you the, Dick Sully? <laughs> he tells you the story of uh, how someone flew one of them pterodactyl bird things for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating story. But there, there's a lot of jumping around and acrobatics and people saying nonsense phrases to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Uka waka waka, that's pretty much what everything sounded like. So it's pretty much Japanese wrestling. I feel like I understand that. <laughs> this was just nonsense. <laughs> this was a nonsense language that no one speaks. But the, let me tell you something. The light show was fucking amazing. I'll bet. Like, the lights looked so good. Like, they would put them on, you know, they'd put them on the ground and make it look like there's water everywhere. And it looked like there was water. <laughs> there was one point where the Avatar people had to destroy a dam, and it looked amazing, and then you realize the dam is made up of lights on a curtain. And it looked amazing. And the lava was super cool. And there's a whole bunch of rad costumes. There was a, a sweet turtle that came out to go in the water. The turtle didn't really do anything, though. Like, I thought they would ride it or something. He just kind of showed up and did and, like, roamed around. It was weird. Uh, there was, like, a big old dinosaur skeleton at one point that, that they did flippy shit on. And let me tell you something. Those blue cat people gymnast ladies have nice butts. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, God, I, this talks. I tell you what. And there was uh, probably the weakest segment of the uh, show was when they went... So what was the story is there's two, like, Navi people. Yes. They're going around to each of the five tribes to collect some sort of talisman that will help them summon the Turok that will ward off a great evil. Ah, fucking, I don't know. But okay. so they're going around, they're collecting the things, and they get to the fourth village, and the fourth village is very underwhelming because their thing just seems to be kites. <laughs> <laughs> so, like all the others have been really cool, like they're doing crazy like fucking drum routines and like stuff with spears, and then here's these assholes just running around with kites. And like one of them had boomerangs, and that was kinda cool until he fucked up and missed one. And then it was sitting there, and they were all trying to ignore it. Yeah, so, uh, kite guys, you can go to the bathroom when the kite Yeah, you're like, motherfucker, I can buy a kite. Yeah, so uh, if you do go see Turok, when the kite dudes show up, go take a piss. And just (laughs) just so everyone is clear, Kelly is saying, kite. (laughs) Kite guys. (laughs) Yes, kite. Kite. <laughs> and all the, the money they have. <laughs> That's fucked up. Well, it's funny about the t-shirt and the cargo shorts. I'm sure I've told this story on the show before, but uh, when I went to New York for the first time with my ex and her family, 
uh, we had planned to go to a Broadway show. We went and saw Dirty Rotten Scoundrels with John Lithgow. Oh, that's cool. But we we were spending the day, you know, hitting museums and shit like that. And I just assumed we were going back to the hotel and, you know, cleaning up before the show. Oh, no, that did not happen. (laughs) So I am proud that to this day, I hold the Guinness World Record for the first person ever to wear a Slipknot t-shirt to a Broadway show. (laughs) 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 So, uh, as there's also, uh, in the middle of the show, there's an intermission. And that part was amazing because as we were walking around just to stretch our legs, there was this girl that was just so high out of her mind, just skipping past us. And you could tell she was having a great time. (laughs) Like I just ima- I really wanted to believe that she was like sitting next to this old couple and they're trying to watch and the entire time she's just standing there just dancing in her seat and going like fucking enjoying the hell out of herself and like the old she's singing Dade's sandstorm to her But uh so near the end of the show there's a weird part where one of the two Navi dudes goes off on their own. And at some point, they pick up a girl, Navi, to hang out with them. And so the girl Navi and the other dude are just left behind. And they just start making out. And it's weird. Because it's not like a movie where it's up on a screen. It's in real life, and they're there. What? You're just you're kind of staring at them. It was, it was a bizarre thing. I, I, and now for the sex. Yeah, it was really, it was weird. So then we get to the end of the show and there's the, the, so what happens is the tree of life or fucking whatever it was. It's the thing that all those weird like jellyfish looking things come out of in the movie. I think I remember that from the trailer. Yes. Yeah. So they're in, so the, it's under attack from a volcano and it's going to like be caught on fire and they're trying everything they can do to to put it out, which is why they tear down that dam I mentioned earlier. So then what happens is the dude that ran off earlier comes in flying the Turok, and mind you, this thing is just a giant pterodactyl dude that they're flying in. It looks rad as hell. And then comes the probably the weakest part of the story section when the Turok just decides, oh wait, I know how to put out lava, and it just lands in it. (laughs) <laughs> and then just flaps its wings to put out the fires and just, like, kills itself with lava to save everyone. Oh. I don't feel like that would actually work. I don't think that's how lava works. I don't think you can just put it out with, with the... I don't wings. think that's how giant pterodactyls work, either. You don't know Nothing. what the Turok is made of. <laughs> well, I mean, it died. Like, it, 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 fla- it died. I'll have you know the Turok is as hardy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it died and they were sad. Oh, flames. And then everyone sang. Well, the the one person sang and there's music and then they all bowed. And the weird part was there so there was what I called the shadow navi, but they were just like the people that were hanging out on the sides of the stage to move shit around. Sure, sure, sure. And they were just in full black, but they still had the tails and like the mohawks to so they kind of did look they just looked like shadow navi. So as they're, you know, taking their bows, they all take off the, the masks they were wearing. And, like, half of them 
are just like dudes with mustaches, and the other <laughs> half have their faces painted like they're Navi. It was fucking weird. It threw me off because I was expecting. Why would you be wearing full makeup under your shadow under your shadow Navi gear? I was about to say, yeah, I don't want to wear like a like a full face mask and makeup. Yeah, it was weird. So you're telling me that those guys committed way more than the fuckers in the mustaches? Yeah, yeah, I do not understand the logic to it. So then, I'll give that extra ten percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was uh, Cirque du Soleil. It was a good time. It sounds pretty cool, all things considered. It was cool. I wouldn't have paid $130 to see it. No. no. Oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> but getting free tickets to the sixth row was pretty great. <laughs> what was it? They had the Beatles one, which was in Vegas, right? Yeah. Then they had, they had a, a nudie one, too, which I think was also in Vegas. They've had a couple. Uh, they had the Michael Jackson one, right? Yeah. There were, there's there been a few cool themed ones that I would have really been into seeing. But they've had Cirque du Soleil La Nuba as a... Uh, installation here you know at at uh disney springs in orlando right, for right. for fucking 20 years now and i've never really had any interest in seeing that unless i was trying to get laid but still i've never seen it and 130 <laughs> the, bucks a ticket god damn yeah the really the coolest part about it was the light show and just the crazy effects they are able to pull off with just lights it's crazy man you got crazy light shows. You got Pepe the Prawn's door. It's a world of wonders. It totally is. <laughs> it absolutely is. Now, it, uh, tell us about the wonders of India. Right. Well, well before I get into that, it, your, your story reminds me of the two times I got free tickets to see Blue Man Group. <laughs> and I fucking love Blue Man Group, son. That is two times more than I actually wanted to see Blue Man Group. <laughs> That's fucking crazy talk. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It just... It wasn't my cup of tea. It was fun. It was Especially funny. There ponchos to Blue Man Group, right? <clears throat> no, no, but there was well, that... Like the splash zones. There, so on... there is a splash zone, correct? Yeah, yeah, down, down front. There was the story about... Uh, they have this bit where they like uh, put a camera in your mouth, and they, right. and it, it kind of segues into like a like a three D animated thing of the camera going down your throat and into your body. And uh, somebody sued Blue Man Group for sticking that in their mouth because it had been dragged around on the dirty ass floor, and they had gotten sick from the camera or something like that. <laughs> I would be upset if that happened to me. Yeah, yeah. So oh, India. So- I, I, I have I have one more show thing. I I wasn't at this show, but apparently Eric Andre is doing a live tour. Oh, that guy is, that guy's insane. I've been watching more and more <laughs> yeah. of his interviews, and he is really trying to fuck with people hardcore. Yeah, he did a show in Milwaukee, and I read the review of it, and it sounded fucking nuts. Yeah, like, I think he the, might be like a crazy genius. Yeah, like it got there was a point. Where in the show where he had two audience members participate in a ranch drinking contest? Ranch <laughs> drinking? Yeah, you win by throw by whoever throws up first. Oh God! Um, so he just had two audience members drink ranch until one of, or actually both of them threw up on stage, and then they just proceeded to empty bottles of ranch on the first couple of rows. <laughs> oh uh, no! There was a. Two dudes came out dressed as Daft Punk, and they were called Craft Punk, and they were just throwing craft singles into the crowd. 
Um, in the opening bit of the show, Eric Andre just destroyed his entire set, as he does in his TV show, and then doused himself in a gallon of milk. <laughs> um, Jesus. I'm, and then the show ended with him coming out from backstage wearing nothing but a bow tie and yelling, We did it, Milwaukee! They said it couldn't be done, but we did it! <laughs> it was something and I now the crazy thing about that is, as nuts also, as that sounds, he did the same thing the next day in Chicago. Oh, I have no doubt. <laughs> right, yeah, it's a fucking lunatic. Yeah, I, I wish I was there, but I also am pretty okay having missed it. Because <laughs> I fucking hate the smell of ranch. Yeah, yeah. I don't want nobody throwing ranch dressing on me without express consent that that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's nuts. India. (laughs) (laughs) That kind of reminds me. I I forget what the context was. Oh, it was uh, Jose was just listing like all the great things that he was able to do on the flight on one of the flights and i was like man if you could fucking rip one off you'd have a perfect day i was like oh man you could totally do that into the airplane toilet and then imagine like they do the thing where they flush (laughs) and you're fucking you're you're just blowing a load on an entire continent (laughs) so that's something that sounds very aspirational all of a sudden yeah yeah why does why does this rain smell like bleach i don't get it <laughs> this icy rain it smells like bleach it smells like the ocean so india uh we only ha- to- <laughs> never mind <laughs> we, we only had to take two flights there and two flights back so it was nice glorious uh we flew emirates this time for our first time no fountains no jennifer aniston in a towel but three out of the four flights we each had entire rows to ourselves. That's goddamn nice. that's what that is. It was great. It was great. Uh, every every seat gets a pillow, a blanket, headphones, and a little travel caddy case with a sleep mask, earplugs, uh, a single serving socks. socks, a single serving toothbrush and toothpaste. Socks. Socks. Like like airplane sucks, like little booties. Well, because a lot of these flights, they're on sandals. You know what I mean? Flip-flops and shit. Yeah. So they're like, you wear them on the plane to walk around in or to keep your feet. Because they, they jack the air up because yeah. they want you to fucking sleep. So they freeze you out. It's almost like cryogenic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I wish. I tried to take some z and just... Just fast forward through time, but I, I, at best, I got like two hours of sleep at a time. Uh, the the fourth of the the four flights, which was go, heading from Hyderabad to Dubai, uh, it was a packed flight, and we were stuck in an exit row, which is the one where you can't put up the armrests. So uh, might yeah. might have been one of the most uncomfortable three hours of my life. Jose I was, understand that because I, I would imagine that on the exit row you want that to be as unobstructed as possible. Right, right. Uh, Jose was riding bitch, and at one point, one of the flight attendants comes up to him and says, uh, "Sir, we've got another seat over here if you want to move." And Jose's like, "Peace out, motherfucker!" <laughs> <laughs> and I, they sat me next to a bunch of fucking kids. That was all right. Yeah, but it's so weird that these huge planes—they're uh, like at least fifty rows. And it's 
the one where it's got the two aisles, three seats on either side, and then four seats in the middle. And Ooh, it's a big plane. Yeah, huge plane that about a third of the way full for for all all of those three flights. Like how I guess because the goddamn Emirates are so goddamn rich, they can just run flights a third of the way full. And that that third flight like there's like nobody in the lobby. So we're like, oh shit. Right, cool. nobody at the gate. So we were, and then as and then we're like camping out on the rows that we call right yeah. on the dibs. <laughs> And just people just keep coming. Just keep coming. Keep coming. We're like, where the fuck were they all stored at? Because we had, they weren't in the lobby yeah. where you go to get on the flight. We had staked out like four different sets of seats on that one flight and kept getting kicked out. It was the worst. It was terrible. But but it, it, the place was flooded, so they wanted the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. Hyderabad had been raining for like a week and was flooded everywhere so it was it was dire times like the the, team was worried that people weren't going to show up to the show because of all the rain and the flooding but that was not a problem yeah doesn't from what i saw that was not the case uh yeah they they they, for the weather the crowd was good considering what happened if there was no rain there would have been more people and they had a they had a lot of people. So right, that, it would have been if there was no rain. If there was no rain, it would have been unbearably packed in that place. It was already uh, a struggle just to move around the floor. I'm about to say, I mean, <laughs> you know, from the pictures you guys posted, it looked pretty fucking packed. Yeah, it was packed. Uh, Jose, what kind of cool shit did you watch on any of the flights? Uh, well, the uh, uh, all the flights there, and the first flight back home, I watched my eyelids. <laughs> he did. He did. He was. Like, I he just... laid down across four seats. I had a couple seats to myself. Jose had entire rows of four seats, so he would stretch out. He stole all the pillows from all the other rows, and at first, he would take a blanket on the first flight and wrapped all of these pillows in the blanket and made a mega pillow. It's <laughs> got a super pillow. Yeah. And then great. he learned from then on to he also had a hoodie with him. So he started making a little hoodie pillow man. I zipped up the hoodie and just kept jamming the hoodie with as many pillows as I could steal. And this motherfucker kept stealing Blankets and pillows off the flights. <laughs> what just just for just for cuddling the, yeah. the the pillow man? Just because he's like, I don't know, I don't know if the next flight's gonna have pillows, so I, I gotta have this. <laughs> <laughs> but then the flight back, you know, was this, the Emirates the same thing, and it looked like it was gonna be another empty flight in the beginning. So I set the pillow and blanket free and just put it on a random chair and. Set it back into the Emirates Ocean. <laughs> well, if you love something, Jose, you're supposed to set it free. So, uh, what kind of stuff did you watch, Jose? Besides so your island, the last flight home, I tried watching Keanu. Keanu, yeah, Keanu, and it opened up with the first action montage, and everything seemed fine. 
roll some small credits. Cut to uh, Keegan in the car. You know, he he's the straight man. Right. Obviously married. Riding. He calls his friend, uh, Peel, who's the stoner. <laughs> you know, the guy who who's, obviously doesn't have his shit right. And he's like, oh, my girlfriend broke up with me. Man. And then he grabs the bong and hits it. And he goes, and he was like, oh, man, well, why'd she break up with you? And he goes, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what the freaks are problem? And I said, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Stop right there because I know these guys. And this is, that's not going to be the first time we're going to hear a cuss word. No. No. And, and, and I'm not be... watching a Kean Peel edited movie. Right, right. So I fucking stop, stop. I could, I couldn't hit stop quicker. <laughs> I, watched, I watched Deadpool on the plane on the way back at some point. Which, by the way, hadn't seen it since the theater. Fucking solid Deadpool. Goddamn, solid movie. Well, it's weird. It's they, hit or miss. Because yeah, I watched all the. They kept all the 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 swearing in. But like the pegging scene was gone, right. the strip club scene was incredible. Like anything that would have shown, I guess. I guess the, the, the rationale being, you know, they don't want some kid looking over at you and watching Deadpool getting butt fucked. Like, I guess that's why they want to cut that stuff out. But then yeah, again, but I watched straight out of Compton. Yes, which has a whole hotel scene with like nine naked chicks. Really? Yes. Same thing. And like unedited, uh, straight out of Compton, just straight. Fuck the police. The fuck, most fuck, fuck the, the, the most awkward I've ever felt was on one of our first flights to India. I watched uh, Trainwreck with Amy Schumer, and a whole there's a whole like one minute scene where the screen is a hundred percent John Cena's bare ass. Yeah, just huge muscly ass. And I'm just kind of looking over my shoulder, like hope nobody's watching this. But I watched uh, Civil War twice. Uh, the first time, nice. you know, I, I just kind of wanted to, I didn't really want to watch it. I, I did want to watch it cause I love it, but I wanted more than anything. I wanted to sleep. So I figured I'd put on something I like, fall asleep a little bit. I fell asleep pretty much right after the airport, uh, sequence. And then, uh, another flight, the airport sequence happened. He was like, I'm spent. Yeah. Uh. A- another flight. We had like 15 minutes left and I'm like, fuck it. I will watch the airport scene again. <laughs> I just fast forward straight to the airport scene. Uh, I watched Zootropolis, which is Zootopia renamed because there's uh, apparently there's some Zootopias uh, internationally that have the trademark. So Disney oh, okay. Disney changed it to Zootropolis internationally. Yeah, that's a good one. Me and Mary love that movie, and uh, it's another one where I really like it, but it also. I've seen it enough, and it soothes me, so it's it's good to fall asleep to. Uh, same thing I watched. Noise, yeah. I watched Wreck It Ralph today, and I'm a wreck it. A movie that I have not seen since I saw it in the theaters for the first time. I stumbled upon it on the flight today. Oliver and Company, the Disney animation oh, adaptation yeah. of Oliver Twist, starring Billy Joel. As the artful Dodger. That's right. And Bette Midler and uh, Cheech. Cheech Marin yeah. as the Chihuahua. As Tito the Chihuahua. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, that movie did not hold up. <laughs> that was right before they hit 
you know, the the second Disney renaissance with Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and all that. This was a straight up a bootleg ass Don Bluth film. <laughs> it even had it even had Dom DeLuise. Uh, oh shit, does he's Fagin? That's right. Yes, I will say unequivocally, I had heard really good things about this movie, and I think Lee, you might have seen it. Green Room. Yes. yes. Yeah. Heard amazing things about Green Room, and I watched it twice. <laughs> once headed there, and once coming back. For those that don't know, Green Room is. Anton Yelchin, um, uh, maybe from Arrested Development, they're in a punk band and they're kind of uh, you know down on the look punk band touring the West Coast, and they end up uh, playing a gig at a, a skinhead bar, and shit goes bad quick, and uh, Patrick Stewart is the the main heavy, the bad guy. And man, so good, just so tense. He's, and Patrick Stewart is so good in the movie because he's not, he's, everything he does is very understated yes. and just normal. Yes, very like chill grandpa. <laughs> like, you know, he, he never has any sort of crazy big villainous monologue. Like, it's just, everything that's happening to him is an inconvenience and they're going to get taken care of. It's going to be fine. Right. Fucking crazy movie. Uh, and bleak. Uh, Goddamn! I I don't like. I remember being in the theater with my brother going. I don't think. I don't think it's gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> there is this. There is a moment, and that one wasn't edited either. And it was there was language <laughs> and brutal shit in that brutal movie. Violence, violence. When the arm, yes, when exactly. Gets it closed in the door yes. is so brutal. Jose Ugh. hasn't watched it yet, so but that that moment was when I was like, okay, this is some real shit I'm watching right now. Yeah. Highly highly recommend. And don't forget, pop favorite Imogen Poots is in that. Yes, movie. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Imogen Poots was also in uh, Pop Star. Never or never stop. Never stopping. Me and Mary watched that uh, the weekend before we left for india and, and we tell had me it's a really good, good time. tell me it's funny no it's it's very good very funny yeah, 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 it's, it's, it. it's a it's a lonely island movie essentially right oh okay cool i i i would definitely recommend it um so get to hyderabad get picked up by oh, well, well i i watched i ended up watching a movie though oh yes 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 which um uh, maybe we'll talk about it later but i finally got around to age of apocalypse yeah, I oh, also really? I also watched Age of Apocalypse because <laughs> I wanted to sleep. It it was an X Men movie. Uh, Correct. I didn't I didn't hate it. It it wasn't horrible. They did throw a jab at X Men Three. Um, yeah, but like the jab is talking about how the third movie on a trilogy sucks, and it's like, but. This is also the third movie of a trilogy, essentially. Yeah, right. But they didn't. The they work. They didn't assume that that movie was going to suck. It was definitely. A, it was definitely a jab at Last Stand. And yeah, a, I had no problem with Apocalypse. I mean, it. it the character for, he for the apocalypse that was presented, that version of Apocalypse. I still want like the legit. Age of Apocalypse done, which which we had plans for. So watch out for that Netflix or <laughs> uh, or its own little trilogy. 
be ready, folks. Yeah, we were talking that the X-Men movies just need to turn into, they take a single story arc, single storyline, make a trilogy out of it, and then that's it. Move on. Recast. Start right, doing a, a right. completely other story. And we, we've already started talk like, this Marvel universe is done. We're not we're not getting on board this one. We need to start thinking next next phase. <laughs> That's when we're gonna get in this bitch. God damn it! Uh, it's all right. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I didn't feel horrible after watching it. No, it's not like a bad movie. It's not an offensive movie. It's just so incredibly. It's a, it's a movie. It's so incredibly bland and unremarkable. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not very good. It's it's not good, but it's not bad. Right, right. It's just, but it's, it's just not good. And it happened. <laughs> and showing up doesn't count anymore. <laughs> no, those days are done. Yeah, fuck that nonsense. How was India, gentlemen? It was like entertainment aside. Always, we we got in and it was flooding, so it was rainy, so that kind of killed any and all sightseeing around exploring. Either the areas were just too wet to even take video, and it would have been a waste of time, or the traffic was fucking horrible, or the roads were broke. Yeah. To get to the places we need to get. Like like holes forming. I'm talking like... Sinkholes. Damn. Okay. Like motorcycle drove... They showed a video of a guy driving his motorcycle into a... What looks like a puddle. And gone. His he bike disappears. Gone. <laughs> gone. Fucking no more bicycle. Bye. You don't have a bike anymore. That's terrifying. Yeah. So we didn't travel. No. So mo- most we hung out at the hotel, watched all kinds of fucking movies. Saw so the hill- hills high hills have eyes. Edited he- heavily, heavily edited. Hills have eyes. Uh, a Hindi dubbed uh, version of Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Uh, yeah. In, in Hindi, they do not have a translation for old school. <laughs> it's just old school. <laughs> and what was disappointing to me was the guy didn't even try to do like a Guy Fieri voice. It was just, it was, Aww. I'm talking, this is my Hindi voice. Whereas you could have been like, hey, <laughs> what's going like, on? You really got into it. <laughs> if I knew Hindi, I would do my translated Guy Fieri. Well, uh, the the one story before we even got to the hotel was we got picked up by our two volunteers they got us some uh, Hyderabad KFC, which was fucking spicy as hell, but delicious. Everything in Hyderabad is super spicy. Like, you think India is spicy, Hyderabad says, no, fuck that. So we got our KFC, and then, you know, we had a bunch of bags, the two of us, the two volunteers. So we're like, okay, we need two cabs to get back to the hotel. We're going to split between the two cabs. Uh, one Gora, one Indian between the two cabs so that, you know, in case something happens, you know, me Somebody and him. the language. Yeah, and me and him aren't just abandoned. Well, lo and behold, we get within a couple blocks of the hotel 
and our cab driver, my cab driver, pulls over to the shoulder because he has run out of gas. Oh, shit. His dashboard has lit up like a Christmas tree. Gas light, oil light, engine light, (laughs) battery light, all that. Oh, my God. So he bombs out to go, uh, you know, a couple kilometers up the road to get gas. And we're just sitting there on the side of the road at night in the rain in Hyderabad. (laughs) The volunteer is just apologizing the entire time. I'm like, you know, you couldn't have done anything about this. But then, you know, like 10 minutes goes by, 15 minutes goes by, 30 minutes goes by. And it's starting to become less and less funny. So we're we we're like let's let's see where this guy is. <laughs> less funny. Yeah, we're we're we need to find out where this guy is. So we start searching around the cab for the guy's phone number, and we find it scribbled on a piece of paper. He calls the number. Guy's fucking phone rings from within the car. He didn't even bring his cell phone. Oh. <laughs> so, so we laugh. The whole point did you guys realize that you were living the first act of a horror movie? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Well, except for now. Cut to my cab ride, which is smooth. Yeah. Well, get there. <laughs> I'm fucking. I already took a shower. I yes. got the room set up. Yeah. We're ready to fucking go. Yeah. Uh, the guy gets back finally with a uh, liter soda bottle filled with diesel. He pours it into the gas tank. Gets in the driver's seat. Nothing. Tries oh, it again. No. Nothing. Tries it again. Nothing. All right. Well, looks like we're hailing another cab, and instead of getting just a regular, you know, car cab, they load me, my volunteer, my three large bags, plus a driver and the driver's buddy into one of those little tiny auto rickshaws that is Holy essentially <laughs> the size of the size of a golf cart. <laughs> but we made it back. Finally. Also, let me just say too that I do give you credit because in 10 minutes, I would have just hailed another cab. So, I give you props for staying the course. I was, there is no hailing another cab. We were in the middle of the road. There's no hailing another cab. I was getting to the point where I was ready to just start pushing. And and we were also getting to the point where we were, like, like you said, hail another cab and just abandon this guy's car. <laughs> yeah. Because what... Like sure really, <laughs> really, cab driver, cab driver. You had one job, one fucking job. He he passed gas stations to get to where he was. So yeah, there's no fucking way I would have waited half an hour. That was that that was a fun start to the weekend. Uh, the show. It was it was that that kind of trip. Yeah, with with the yeah, crazy yeah, shit. Yeah. That at that there. point, like you're all it's all up for, uphill from there, man. Uh, a crazy uphill. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the the show was was good, uh, packed. Uh, the guests were uh, Afshan Azad, who played one of the Indian girls in the Harry Potter movies. So that was kind of a big deal that you know uh, an actress who played an Indian character in a huge franchise was one sure, of the guests. Sure, sure, sure. And she was just beautiful, like. Looking at her, you, you kind of had to look at her like a like a total eclipse. You couldn't do it like full face on because it was just too much to handle. She was very nice. Um, Dan Parent from Archie, 
Uh, oh, nice. David Lloyd, oh, cool. David Lloyd from V for Vendetta, and then Nicole Marie Jean, who's a cosplayer, and her uh, female friend, who is also a cosplayer, were the main guests. And then you know you had your your Indian comics booths, you had your T-shirt booths, so on and so forth. But the big thing they were pushing at this show was their eight experience zones. They don't call them booths; they call them stalls or they call them zones. And a zone is just like like the Marvel booth at a San Diego would be a zone. And it's, you know, they have the, the car company who hosts, uh, who sponsors the thing. They have a zone. They have a car there. You can take pictures with it. Interactive games. Pri- excuse me. Prizes. Shit like that. The, uh, Warner Brothers had a wand training uh, kind of uh, simulator where sure, you, sure, had, sure. you had a wand and you kind of waved it at the TV screen and it made shit happen and we got uh Afshan to do some of that on camera so that was cool uh they had a paintball target range which you know when we first started seeing the ads we were thinking it was going to be just a full paintball you know 10 on 10 battle but no it was just a oh, and I was in for it it was just nah. it was just target practice but still kind of cool they had uh VR gaming um what am I missing they had uh a PlayStation had a whole FIFA set up, but by far the greatest zone and possibly the greatest booth at any convention ever was the WWE zone. I saw some of those pictures. I don't know what the hell was happening. They, <laughs> this, like, who the fuck happening. are these guys? This, this is all it was. They basically set up a stage, a ramp. With LED signs and a bunch of cool lights. And this was all official. This was all official WWE India shit. You can pick your superstar music. You could carry an official WWE championship belt. And you fucking, you do your entrance. They had like some John Cena wristbands. They had an Undertaker jacket you could put on. That's so cool. And you could just, you could do a WWE entrance. Something that you would see at like WrestleMania Access. But plop down into the middle of a uh, Indian Comic Con. <laughs> uh, it was pretty fucking cool. Let me tell you, those little Indian kids—they love John Cena to the point where we're all still hearing John Cena's theme music in our head. Seventy-five <laughs> percent of the entrances picked John Cena. I'd say ninety-five. Ninety-five percent. <laughs> And the, the WWE booth was, like, right next to the show office, so it was all day. It was... <laughs> uh, so, you know, Jose and I, we're, we're men of many championships. We're world, we're world champions. World tag team champs. Oh, we need another belt now. Pop fantasy football champ. Jose we is... We need a world belt. Jose is the No Mercy champ. Uh, so we brought all those with, and Sunday morning, uh, I'll be damned if we didn't do four different entrances and shoot video <laughs> of it. And we talked to the guy before, and we're like, look, we 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 want to do our own. We, got it, we brought our own belts. Is it cool if we just run through a couple times? It was before the show opened, too. So He's like, yeah, do it. And do it. All Sunday, people were stopping us and be like, "Oh man, 
I saw your WWE entrance. That was so uh. great. <laughs> like, I didn't realize how many people were around when we were doing it, but we kept getting stopped by people, and, like, all the staff had pictures and video of it. Uh, I did mine. I had to do mine twice because we had set up a camera and a tripod, and we did the tag team entrance first, and then I did my entrance, and somebody turned the camera off. Somebody pressed, stopped recording. So, I had to do my entrance twice, and then Jose did his, and man, it was so fun. And What music did you guys choose? Uh, so, you know, as as the 11th hour, the tag team champs, our theme music like we use on WWE games is Lamb of God's The 11th Hour. And, you know, we used it for 11th Hour Radio, too. And I figured the best facsimile of that, of the current songs that they had, they, they only had probably... What, 15, 16 Yeah, no songs? rock, no Stone Cold. Right. Very disappointed about it. It was all the very, very current stars. So I figured okay. the best facsimile of that was Seth Rollins. Yeah. The, the only drawback is, in the pictures, you see, you know, shirtless Seth Rollins behind us. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, we're talking next year, we're going to bring our own, or next time they do it, we're going to bring our own music and our own Titan Tron. Yeah, they have created a beast because uh, we, we are bringing our own file. I I came out to Kevin Owens theme music, and Jose came out to Time to Play the Game. And since it was no mercy, that I think that fit best yes. of all the the entrances. <laughs> he they had, had his he had his wrist coach on, and he comes out and he mimes that he's looking at the wrist coach, and he's like, "Oh, what time is it? Oh, it's time to play the game." Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh. Man, we both felt behind the eight ball after Saturday because we got our schedules got fucked up. We fell behind on a lot of stuff. We we felt like we did not accomplish enough on Saturday that we needed to. After Sunday morning and doing our WWE entr- WWE entrances, it's like we did nineteen lines of cocaine, and we <laughs> we were ready to take on the fucking world. <laughs> Nothing mattered. Every <laughs> everything was gold after that. So uh, uh, we uh, Jose. That's post- all it takes. That's all it takes. Yeah. You want to make your fucking day better? WWE entrance. And what's gold. funny is, you know, we watched a bunch of other other kids do their entrances, and like they weren't they weren't getting it. They weren't putting their all into it because if you're john cena if you're doing john cena you don't come out right when the song starts you come out after the you time it you don't just walk out when the music starts you got and they were holding the belt upside down it's like come on like uh, jose's not really he he doesn't watch as much current product but i knew our cue for the seth rollins music he knew his cue for the yeah. Triple H music. I didn't come out when when he asked the question. Right. <laughs> like he asked the question, he asks again, and the beat drops, and then you come out. Uh, and you don't come funny, out during the question. What's funny is the way you entered the stage was they had LED screens that were kind of offset, and you came around the one LED screen and out through both of them onto the the stage but the space between the two led screens was maybe a foot and a half so for me to actually enter the stage i had to sidestep 
that, which was a little awkward. But once I got out on the stage, it was great. It was uh, so they're apparently going to have that at at least two more of their shows the rest of the year. So expect it's fucking cool, man. Expect, expect to see a legit eleventh hour <laughs> entrance. I'm talking la, 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 legit. Yeah. Because they they created a highlight reel for the Tron and shit. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> that is exactly what will happen. We're gonna go there. We're gonna be like, not only do we have our own belts, we have our own Titan We have our own music, yeah. and we even brought a pyro guy. Yeah. What's funny is, you know, everybody kept complimenting us on our awesome entrances, and even like the team, the the WWE India team that was there. They were fucking digging it. They were, you know, they helped us out whenever we came over to shoot stuff. We did one where uh, Jose came down with the the steady cam, and it was like a POV, as if you know someone was coming down the ramp, and we had the entire crowd do the Daniel Bryan yes chance. So it was like you were seeing the crowd as you come out. So it was very cool. And I said to Jose at one point, I was like, you know what? We might be the first two people ever signed to a WWE contract just based on our entrance. (laughs) (laughs) They were into it. Uh, Shit. What 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 other stories are there besides Sunday night, the after party? Not not much. I'm sure we'll think of something. But oh sure, yeah. It, it, it kind of sucks because it, we lost those days of going out. So, yeah. so we we lost some some good story times, some good moments. But the the, the show was good, had a blast, ran around. Um, the India team is very much a family. So once yeah. the show was over and the, everything wrapped up, we all got together and went out to this rooftop bar restaurant to get our drink on, get our eat on, because no one eats. You know, over the course of the few days, of course not. Everybody right. gets to relax finally and and let let their hair down. Uh, some of the guys were were busting some moves on the dance floor. We were we were just all having a good time, talking shit. Like, no joke. A more than one person started conversations with us, kind of like, so you guys are pretty fucked with Trump, huh? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. There was a few conversations that started like that. And then, you know, we're all just kind of standing around the dance floor. Uh, you know, a few people are dancing. And then the youngest guy on the team, who who was cutting a rug earlier. Yes. And, by the way, I am the oldest person there. Yes. Yes. He is by far the oldest person of... Even the, the, the guy that the created founder. it. Yeah. I got him by almost 10 years. No. No, 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 no. He said he was 32. Yeah, yeah. You got him by a few years. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. But yeah. About to say, I am fucking way behind the curve. At 30, <laughs> at 36 and 35, you know, most of the. All of the Comic Con Indian team is younger than us. Which is weird. But what are you going to do? So we're fucking hanging out on the dance floor. Youngest dude on the team, young blowhard, drops like a rock in the middle of the dance floor. I didn't see it. I just saw oh, the shit. aftermath. Yeah, I, I was behind, so I saw him fall, but it looked like he, he like, passed out. Oh, shit. I didn't know if he was breathing. I didn't know if he was alive. 
But then I heard him scream and, and clutch his knee. And that's why I was like, okay, he's alive. He didn't pass out. It's, it's something's wrong with his leg. And he's screaming bloody murder. Shit, it's, that sounds terrible. He fucking dislocated his knee. Oh. Just just dancing. Just, just, say, just barely just, dancing. Just, cut, just cutting rugs and shit? Just moving. Just, you know, not even like Chris Brown or Michael Jackson dancing. Just Bill Cosby opening <laughs> chilling dancing. So, obviously, everyone is super freaked out and concerned oh, yeah. about Shit. what's going on. You know, the, the party immediately ended at that point. Uh, and we're on an eighth floor in Hyderabad, India, just waiting on paramedics. You know, there's... There's 20 of us, and obviously... And they, they said that um, one of the... Our, our main point of contact was so frazzled, she was calling <clears throat> ambulances in, like, different cities trying to get them to get there. Oh, my oh God. God. <laughs> like, she called, like, three different cities not oh knowing who should be there, and they're like, you live in a different city. She's like, okay, 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 okay. And then she called, like, another one. Obviously, we we didn't know what to do, and we couldn't really do anything, so we just had to stand there. But everyone else sprang into action, either helping him on the floor, you know, calling people, trying to get shit done, whatever. And it felt like he was laying there screaming for hours. That's but, terrible. But it was it was probably only, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. Well, right. And we're in the middle, of, still- a, we're in the middle of a bar, and it's... 1 a.m. on a Sunday night, which is like their Saturday, and people are drunk, and they people see a, a guy on the floor screaming. So there's a bunch of goddamn looky loos, and nobody's nobody's a, a doctor. This fucking guy comes over and he, he starts, you know, directing traffic, and he's like, "Okay, let's." Excuse me. They had a wheelchair. Someone brought a wheelchair. So okay, let's go. Let's let's get him into the wheelchair. Immediately he he passed out. Yeah, he thinks he's just passed out. Immediately grabs his injured leg. Of course. And the guy starts screaming again. So that stops. But this guy's still fucking hanging out, still still peeking around, you know, sticking his nose where it doesn't belong. And and he he keeps trying to start shit for no reason. He keeps antagonizing people and and getting involved to the point where I had to fucking look at this look this guy in the eye and say hey back off please like you're not doing anything to help and then almost immediately a fucking fight broke broke out 20 feet over to the left uh the fight went into the elevators and they broke one of the elevators well, they, they had, you know, they grabbed the guys that were fighting Threw and them pulled out. them out to the hallway. Yeah. But then you can hear shit go down in the hallway. So it, it's not like they were fighting this, you know, long battle that led into <laughs> the, the elevator. Like Peter Griffin, <laughs> Peter Griffin and, and the chicken. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, we're waiting on a stretcher and we hear the elevator's broken now. And then, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Drunk Asshole... Is just just <laughs> MD. Eyeball. Now, now he's over there in the fight trying to find out what's going on. Yeah, but then <laughs> then you know he loses interest in that. Someone. He loses interest in that, and he's still just eyeballing 
our situation, you know, I kind of wanted to like I'm gonna save a life tonight. <laughs> or or if he wasn't gonna be able to save a life, he was gonna try and start a fight with someone. But my first instinct after he grabbed dude's leg was if he does it again, I'm flying across this bar and punching him in the fucking face. But then I thought to myself, you know, that's probably not the best idea. Uh it could hurt our, yeah, our, see, and that that's that wrestling entrance talking. Yeah, it could it could <laughs> hurt it could hurt our guy more, you know, somebody might fall on him. Also, I don't want to end up in a Hyderabad jail. Nope. You know, nope, when my don't. when my there, wife There's a whole TV show about that. When my wife and my family, you know, tell me to be safe, I think one of the main things that they're talking about is please don't get thrown in a Hyderabad jail. <laughs> <laughs> the stretcher shows up and the paramedics are wearing fucking flip-flops. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. The paramedics looked like they were the same guys that were breaking down the convention that day. Like, unscrewing shit. Like, this was their night job. (laughs) They did not seem like they knew how to work that stretcher very well. That's fucking (laughs) wild. So, uh, he gets loaded into the stretcher, take him away, half the team goes with him to the hotel, the rest of us are kind of left to, you know, or to the hospital. They go to the hospital. The rest of the team is kind of left to fend for ourselves and get back to the hotel, you know. And it's just uncomfortable silence for well, yeah. you know the entire wait to get back, and everyone goes to bed just kind of fucking weirded out. But uh, yeah, next, you all been through some shit together. Yeah, yeah. It was we were in the trenches. Yeah, you guys are all fucking family now. <laughs> yeah, he got some drugs. He got uh, his his knee slipped back into place. A big sweet ass brace that, and apparently he's going to be bedridden for four weeks, Jeez, which is sucks. funny. Which is funny because the next Comic Con India show is in I think three weeks and six days. Says <laughs> <laughs> so I'm fucking back, bitches. But, but it all it all ended up working out in the long run. That's crazy. Yeah, what a hell of a way to close down your fucking trip, man. Yeah. Hey, sometimes you just party hard. <laughs> God damn, that's nuts. And then at, when um, everything was fine, you know, once everybody knew, okay, he's going to be good, everything's cool, then then everyone starts busting his balls, and they're like, the prescription for the meds should have been, you know, injury, belly dancing. <laughs> So yeah, it's, yeah, it's funny as soon as he's okay, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, because well, you know, it, it okay. Currently, it sucks balls, but long term, it's just a knee injury that you will heal from, and you're fine. So that in that sense, it was good that you know he didn't pass out because right right before that happened, somebody had also said like how hot they were, like it's it's hot up here, and then next thing you know, this guy's on the ground. So it could have been worse. Yeah. So good, good that it's not. And you know, we're we're all very concerned, but also, like two fresh pizzas had just been delivered to the table. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, man, this sucks. But also, there's I'm pizza. <laughs> so you don't want to be the guy who's like over in the corner. Just nomming down on pizza as the guy's screaming on the floor. What am I supposed to do? Just waste this? <laughs> it got wasted, yeah. 
Some of it got taken to go, and some of it some got turned into chair pizza. Got dropped onto a chair. <laughs> <laughs> and the one, what's nuts is the the one consistent that I've had on these trips is America is supposed to be like the fast food kings. Right. We create we created that bullshit. I have enjoyed my McDonald's and Burger King experiences everywhere else <laughs> way more than ever here. Yeah, we chugged some big and tasties in the Dubai airport yesterday that were delicious. Pretty good. So step up your fucking fast food game, America. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't, even, I don't even know if we even want to take a break. We just want to talk comic books and get the fuck out. Might as well. Yeah, might as well. Why the hell not? Yeah, we ain't got news. Yeah. Yeah. There ain't that's right. News. No news because yeah. you motherfuckers just got off a plane today. And shit ain't happening. And yeah, has there even been any news? Yeah, now you mentioned it, not really. The problem with comic books is the ink comes off on your hands. Every time you turn the page, you have to wash your hands. Oh, shit. Oh, no. What? That was a fucking old school podcast intro for some reason. <laughs> that was... What the... Oh, I was in the wrong playlist. <laughs> for that in a minute. <laughs> in a while, son. We just, we just time travel. That was the podcast intro that we had before Kelly was even born. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see what, uh, let's see what I got. Um, um, I don't know. IDW's um, revolution story began in earnest uh, this week. So revolution number one came out as oh, did the ROM tie-in. Goes to revolution. Was it? I can't wait to read Ernest Goes to Revolution. <laughs> uh, and I, I don't know. I was... Very vocal in my uh, nervousness about the story that was basically what they've done is for reasons that are still pretty unclear to me, they've decided that all their um, Hasbro properties, your Transformerses, your G.I. Joes, your Micronauts and whatnot, um, they all need to be together now. And, you know, they've been doing Transformers and G.I. Joe comics for like, God going on 10 years probably i mean a long time and you know they've been the odd out of continuity crossover but they've not been in the same universe and now they are so they've you know they kind of they've retconned in like the big all hell megatron story where like you know a tenth of the earth's population was killed by decepticons and apparently some gi joe story where another massive amount of the earth's population was killed by cobra commander or some shit and they've like no no those all happened together so this made me very, very nervous, because mostly because I love those Transformers books, and I don't want them putting their fucking chocolate in my peanut butter. Uh, that said, this first issue was surprisingly cohesive. Um, picked up a lot of Transformers threads, which might be why I liked it so much. And they've been doing a pretty solid job in the books I have been reading of laying the groundwork for this. So it wasn't like it came completely out of left field. Like, narratively, it did kind of make sense. Um so the biggest thing in this issue was the Autobots are helping with like a flood, uh, like a heavy rainfall flood, and like, you know, G.I. Joe shows up and throwing rocket launchers at them because like, hey, fuck you, alien robots. And about five minutes into that fight, like, goddamn, Rom comes flying out of space out of nowhere 
and just murders the shit out of Joe Colton, like the original G.I. Joe, because he's one of the dire wraith alien things he's been hunting in his book, and nobody knew that until like right then. And I'm oh. like, okay, this is kind of baller. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the first inclination that they gave anybody that Joe Colton was a dire wraith was when Rom fucking murdered him for being a dire wraith. And that's kind of incredible. Uh, and I don't know. I've never heard of this artist before, but this book looks incredible. Like, this guy's Transformers are amazing. And uh, Fico Osio is the guy's name. And, like, it's... Goddamn, Tron Transformers is hard. And that's kind of... I think that's probably why you only see a handful of dudes kind of on the roster over there doing it. But this guy does an amazing job in his first outing here. It looks incredible. So... I'm in. I'm in to see what, what they're doing here. Uh, it's pretty cool. I, I really, really can't complain. It's just solid stuff. So, if you like, I'm excited about the GI Joe ongoing that IDW's got coming out soon with uh, Aubrey Citizen writing and the dude who drew the Profit reboot that Image did. Yeah, yeah, okay. When that started up, the the artist of that is going to be the artist of GI Joe, and I'm pretty hyped about that and that's all spinning out of this right yeah there's this there's gonna be that book there's gonna be like i think they're doing mask and action man are still gonna be going micronauts uh gonna be three transformers books that there are now they're just renaming one of them optimus prime and then there's gonna be like this team book that's like people from all of them together in an ongoing like you know super team of characters based on toys which i don't know i'm kind of into it like i'm i'm costly optimistic that they kind of maintain what's going on. It's pretty cool. It's fun. Um, oh, shit. What else is fun? Fucking uh, The Astonishing Ant-Man. So much fun. Hell yeah. Uh, God, the, the, the very first issue of the new volume was the, came with the reveal that, you know, this is all taking place in the past because Scott's in prison. And finally, a fucking year later, we're getting the trial of Ant-Man after he's been in jail. And God, it's so good. It's so good. Like, dialogue is whip smart. Art is amazing. Uh, he called Jen Walters, you know, She-Hulk, to kind of be his defense attorney. We're going to get out of this. And the young up-and-coming DA come to prosecute him is the chick who is the current Beatle, the supervillain that he kind of bangs on the side once in a while and also <laughs> helped him plan the heist that he is on trial for committing. <laughs> <laughs> it's... So crazy. So much fun. Uh, I, I like the stuff they're doing with his daughter, Cassie. It's really good. And there's just nothing not to like about anything that they're doing. Uh, it's fucking fun, man. So much fun. Uh, and on the same tick, uh, I read The Fix right after that. Like I did one, two. I did The Astonishing Ant Man and The Fix right after. That's not a bad way to spend some comic book time. Fucking no, good. Not at all. The Fix is nuts fun. Like, they craft. Cliffhangers in that book, the likes of which I haven't seen in a long time. <laughs> you know, when Nick Spencer first kind of emerged with Morning Glories, I never thought we'd be getting stuff like Astonishing Ant-Man and the fix and Superior Foes of, of Spider-Man. Right, right. Like, it's just so totally different books. Yeah, because, you know, Morning Glories was this crazy, like, supernatural thriller horror who the fuck it even knows anymore like every time i see that there's a new issue of that i'm amazed yeah because <laughs> i had to fall off that train not because it was bad because it is quite good 
it was just incredibly hard to follow. Like the web was too thick, man. Too many characters, and they all kind of looked the same. <laughs> like I know who the fuck was who anymore. Yeah, was, I do want to go back once it's all done and then try it again. Yeah, but, might it be worth trying? Yeah, but it was. I think I fell off around volume seven. I'm not sure how far I made. I don't know. Uh, let's see what else? What else? What else? Um. Oh, the Mighty Thor Eleven was pretty spectacular. I don't know if you can still read that one, Kelly. It's yeah, that book's really good. Really, really good. And uh, the reveal, which I will not spoil for anyone who's maybe not quite caught up yet, is really good and unexpected, but totally plausible. Like yeah. I have no problem with what they did here at the end. And even like up to the minute that it happened, I didn't see it coming. Like even though the, it was all kind of there, like I didn't see it at all. Fucking solid stuff. Really, really good stuff. And it looks amazing. Um, and then what else we got? Uh, oh, RG number 12. Who, again, who the fuck would have guessed that I'd be all in for every goddamn Archie book that comes out. But those <laughs> Archie books are so much fun. Oh, this one wasn't fun at all. This one was fucking heartbreaking. Uh, just a fucking bummer in all the worst ways. Fucking... Veronica's dad, you guys, okay, Veronica's dad loses his run for mayor. And to take out his frustration, he decides he's got to pack up the family and move. But but Veronica and Archie are fighting because Veronica thinks he has feelings for Betty. And Betty and her boyfriend are fighting because his boy, her boyfriend thinks Betty has feelings for Archie. But they don't, they're just like super bros, right? And so Betty and Veronica bury the hatchet and they kind of decide, you know, hey, look, I'm not after your, your, your Archie. And she's like, okay, great, we're going to be buds now. But oh shit, I can't be buds now. i got to move. And Archie's cell phone dies. <laughs> and it's the worst thing that ever happened. <laughs> he never even gets to say goodbye before the private jet takes off. And will he ever see Veronica again? He probably will. But my heart was a pitter-patter with the vellum. <laughs> it's good shit. Uh, two more things. Uh, Batman number seven and Nightwing number five both came out. Uh, the oh, Night- so the cool. Fuck, it's good. <laughs> creepy and unsettling like uh batman the art for batman 7 was done by riley rossimo the guy who drew um oh yeah no uh uh, and um uh cowboy ninja viking yeah 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 and so in ways that have yet to be determined uh hugo strange and the psycho pirate and somebody else have teamed up to fucking take take dead folk and turn them into horribly Horribly disturbing giant monsters. Uh, and they're attacking Gotham City during a torrential downpour and flood. Floods are a theme of the comic books I read this week, apparently. <laughs> and real life. <laughs> like, yeah. a, lot, a lot of flooding in this week's podcast. But, man, it's so good. And uh, just, I enjoyed being able to read part two immediately. That was pretty great. Uh, yeah, that was pretty nice, actually. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Like, I was super bummed out. But why, did they put, why did they just make all the Batman books... That thing for that week. That would be incredible. Uh, and then, hey, we get part two to tomorrow. Or part three right, tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. But it's just, it's just really good and really fucking gross. And uh, they're doing stuff with uh, the team from Detective. Kind of on the, the hot on the heels of uh, Tim Drake's apparent death. But he's not really dead. But nobody knows that. Like, the stuff they're doing with Clayface is really good. Like, those Batman books are on point right now. Like really, really something special. They're fantastic stuff. I really think Tom King is in 
is beginning an all-time great run on Batman. Because that Gotham guys, star yeah, like, was like, amazing. This is a thing he's supposed to be doing. He's supposed to be riding Batman, for sure. Yeah. Speaking so, of Tom King, uh, the second-to-last issue of Vision came out. It is like one of the last books I have not read this week. Oh. I may do it tonight before bed, although oh, I might want to wait because it might bum me the fuck out. Yeah, it's so good. I have no idea how it's going to end. Like, I don't know what they're doing next issue. Still fucking pisses me off that the Vision's daughter is in Champions. <laughs> I'm just excited to see her again. But I, I am anxiously awaiting the opportunity to get this whole thing in one handsome, oversized hardcover collection. Because if they don't do that, they're fucking fools. Yes. They have to do that. I need it. Do the it funniest thing yeah. in this issue is in the letters column when someone asks something about the other stuff he's written and then an editor's note comes in saying, oh, he's never, Tom King's never written anything else in comics and uh, he's, he's retiring once Vision is done. That's awesome. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm, I'm, I want to, I gotta read it. I'm, I'm ready to read it tonight. But, uh, Last thing, because we kind of got to talk about it, is goddamn Civil War 2 number 5. And, uh... Why didn't they call it Civil War colon something? Because they're dumb. They're fucking dumb. Civil War 2. With the Roman numeral 2, no less. Has there ever been a sequel to a comic arc that... Or an event that was, you know, a 2 or a 3? Secret Wars 2? Wasn't it just Secret War? No, Secret Wars Two with a with a Beyonder in a uh, disco suit. Okay, yeah. Okay. The Jim Shooter like learning about himself through comics thing. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. This Jerry Curl Beyonder. Uh, so you get to see David Marquez draw a lot of really cool shit in this issue. You know, lots of superheroes fighting for what again is just the thinnest of reasons, like. Boy, am I have a hard time thinking that like this is a credible reason for these guys to be fighting. Like, I was talking, trying to explain it to Nicole, and she really doesn't give a fuck. But I, I liken it to like in real life, you know. I mean, that's maybe a bad, bad argument because the death penalty totally exists, you know. And like, I firmly believe that there are some crimes for which you should be killed for doing. There's no coming back from it. Like, no chance for her rehabilitation. You know, we should fucking shelf you, loose this mortal coil. I know that to be true in my bones. But I also know the innocent men have died on death row. <laughs> and if you kill one innocent guy, the institution is fucking flawed and you should eradicate it forever. You know, that's just, you, you can't kill innocent people that have done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. It's fucking crazy town. So the whole crux of Civil War II is we got this inhuman who sees the future. Let's stop bad shit before it happens. But then Iron Man proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that this kid's visions are not 100% accurate. They're a possible future. Shit that might happen. And Captain Marvel says, no, we're still going to arrest that woman who hasn't done anything wrong yet. We're still going to go attack the Hulk (laughs) and get him killed. And then this big, giant fight of all the the, the good, the, the, the people that are fighting ends in this issue because they all share Ulysses' vision of Miles Morales in front of the Capitol building having apparently murdered Captain America and then they arrest Miles Morales Spider-Man for a thing he didn't do. 
to be continued. Like, and like Iron Man just told you that that's not necessarily going to happen. Like, what the fuck? And and they they keep writing into the tie-ins, you know, shields showing up to stop these visions from happening, like basically causing the visions to happen. They keep doing that and just keeps poking holes in the whole fucking story, and this is really irritating. And I don't like it. <laughs> it's fucking dumb. But it looks pretty, and they're going to pad it out to an extra issue, and we're going to be talking about this shit in February, I'll bet, because it keeps being late. <laughs> fucking comics. <laughs> what, what else you got, Kelly? What do I have? Um, Superman issue seven. seven. Okay. Yeah, seven was really good. Nothing crazy happened. It was just a single issue story where Clark takes Lois and John to the county fair. And they have a lovely time. Like for real? Yeah. I kind of like that. It was a really cool like humanizing story, which is something that I really like that they're doing with this incarnation of Superman. Where he's kind of just a guy, and you never really got that feeling with the new Fifty Two Superman. He's always felt he always felt more Superman than Clark to me, and this the this one feels more. He has a more healthy balance between Clark and Superman. But now this is like the OG Superman that we read growing up, right? Like the post-Crisis Superman, is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's just a really cool one-shot issue. Where he, he they go to the county fair. <laughs> See, I like when they do shit like that. Yeah, it was a really cool story. I remember yes. Bendis was talking about how, like, someone was talking shit about he was doing the Avengers at the time, New Avengers. And said, "Hey, like, it's you know, this awful shit keeps happening to the Avengers." And he he made a joke. He's like, "Oh yeah, what am I gonna do? Write an issue where Wolverine has like a really nice sandwich?" And I'm like, "Yeah, why not yeah, write that? that. Sounds like, awesome. I'd read that like." <laughs> Like, you know, the one chill day in Wolverine's life, that would be kind of a fun story. Just set the ice cube, today was a good day. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, is Wolverine constantly being on edge, ready to fucking throw down, and just nothing bad happens to him for one Thursday? That'd be rad. I'd read yeah. that. Why not? Yeah. Good for good for Superman in the fair. <laughs> good for those guys. Yeah. Uh, let's see. This... Uh, I can't really think of it. Oh, uh, the, I read the first issue of the new Doom Patrol. And if you like Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol, you'll like this. It's re- it's a pretty book. Uh, you get the I was first... On the fence about it. I wasn't sure what to do with that one. Uh, you probably won't like it. Okay, alright. Fair enough. You get the first uh, uh, pre- or post-New 52 appearance of Danny the Living Street. Uh, there is a scene... That takes place inside of a universe on a Euro. Like it's a good a Yes. Yeah. Well, they got that Euro sticker, too, on the book, don't they? Oh, yeah. right, right. That's not on the cover, right. Yeah. Yeah, it, I like it a lot. I don't know. Give it a shot, Lee. See what you think. I see. I'm, I'm in a weird place where like, I, I read a lot of books. And I just, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I don't know that I have room in my life for this. I think it's too Grant Morrison-y for you. That's all I need to know. Thank yeah. you for jumping on that grenade for me. <laughs> I love it, though. Good for you. I'm glad you do. I'm really excited for the next uh, young animal book to come out, which is Cave Carson Has a Cybernetic Eye. That should be a lot of fun. Because that's pretty much just taking this weird Silver Age character 
and kind of delving into his backstory and trying to make sense of him because some he's weird. Some interesting things that imprint for sure. Yeah, because like Cave Carson is pretty much like just a spelunker, but he's got a robot eye for some reason, and they're going to, <laughs> to, to take a look at <laughs> why he has that robot eye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds riveting. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. All right. I'm not sure which book in that line has it, but there are going to be those superpowers uh, backups by Tom Scioli. Oh, that's right. Tell me about that. Yeah. Uh, and then this, this isn't comics, but I've been playing a lot of Fire Emblem. Uh, shit. I can't remember what the... It's one of the more recent... It's one of the two most recent Fire Emblem games. It's because uh, it got split up into two games. They're two sides of the same story. And it comes, there's a point where like the first couple levels of each game are the same. And then you make a choice where the main character, it turns out, was stolen from the Hoshiden Empire by the Nor Empire as a baby. And he, was, and he grew up believing that he was a part of the Nor royal family. When really he was a Hashidan. So at one point this comes to... This is revealed and you have to make the choice of... Do you go with your birth family or do you go with the family that you were raised with? Oh, okay. And in the game I have, you go with your birth family. And so I chose the... Uh, the I can't remember what the fuck it's called. Brotherhood? Brotherhood sounds right. Something like... Birthright. That's it. Birthright. Uh, so in Birthright, that is the easier of the two games, because I've never played Fire Emblem, so I decided I should probably not go super hardcore into it. But I, at some point when I finish this one, after however many hours I put in, probably going to be something like 60, <laughs> I'm guessing. Jesus from what Christ. I, I think I want to pick up the harder version. And then there's also a third version of the game, which you can only buy after you've beaten one of them. And that's like a Wait, what? Yeah. You can only buy the game digitally, and it, you can only buy it after you've beaten the story in one of the two games. Really? Yeah. It's nothing easy, Guaylo. Yeah. I think it's like 20 bucks. I could be wrong. I can't remember, but that's pretty cool. That's interesting. Yeah. It's pretty huh. much like super DLC at that point. Right, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, earlier today I put in my pre-order for the next Dragon Ball Z game to come to the 3DS, Dragon Ball Fusions. And, good, jo uh, good job on pre-ordering, making sure that game doesn't get canceled. I know. <laughs> that game looks rad as fuck, and I was super psyched to go on Amazon and find that it's only twenty nine ninety nine, and then with my Prime discount, I'm getting that full game for like 23 bucks. Hell yeah, son. Yeah. It, the, Lee, I recommend, check out the trailer. It looks pretty sweet. Like, yeah, I, I like the uh, the last one for the DS quite a lot. Yeah, this one looks pretty cool. It it looks like it's going to be more of like an old school kind of RPG, where you're I'm just done for that. Yeah, and you're running around making crazy fusions between all the different characters. Just yeah, making it, all these Pokemon fuck, huh? Pretty much, but <clears throat> you know, Dragon Dragon Ball Z's, and then oh Lee, are you planning on getting in the next Pokemon? Uh, Generation? Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, we. I haven't fucked with the last one. Wait, I'm trying to think. What did we get, Zoe? I got Zoe. Oh, wasn't even the new one. I got her um, Omega Sapphire, I think, or Omega Ruby, or whatever the fuck it was. 
I just finished Omega Ruby. I like that game. That game gets in completely insane by the end when you're in space. Oh, so well, it's not anytime it goes to space, shit gets nuts. Yeah, you you fucking ride a dragon into space. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's that's a thing in that game. All right, it's rad, it's rad as hell. But yeah, I'm I'm going with a uh, sun between the two because moon has a twelve hour time difference. So if you're playing during the day in real life, you're playing at night in the game. That's interesting. Yeah, it's perfect for like people that work different odd hours. Yeah, uh, Zoe was playing uh, she played the Animal Crossing for a while, Ooh, and that game had a nice. clock that was like real time clock. Like you know, the seasons change and the time change, the world change depending on when you were playing it. It's wild. Yeah, there's a big update coming for that game soon. That'll oh, really? Get me to start it, uh, start playing it again. A lot more amiibo compatibility, from what I understand, and some other stuff they're adding in. I'll have to let her know. Yeah, gotta get gotta get Zoe on those uh, 3DS Nintendo Directs, so, so she can be up to date on the newest 3DS news. I guess so. <laughs> gotta catch them all, man. Look at this fucking Dragon Ball Z RPG game, and I'm kind of into this. Right? It looks awesome. Yeah. And especially for thirty bucks. Plus no shit, prime right? discount. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah, so that's that's what I got. Oh, look at cute little Nappa with a giant head. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't he cute? Huh, right on. Hey, uh, anything nice? Anything we're talking about? Yeah, I actually brought my Kindle with me on the trip so I can read some comics. Uh, oh, wait. No, I didn't. God Hold damn on. it. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on just a second. Since our commissioner Tito is is you son work- of a bitch, you somebody can take a break for this. <laughs> I'll make it quick. Since Tito, <laughs> since Tito is working nights, he's not able to call on the fantasy football update. But I do have our uh, scores from this past week. Uh, the Gotham Rogues, look at that, one twenty five over one seventeen. Utopia X Men. Uh, Gino somehow scoring over a hundred points. Yeah, uh, what with, the fuck? Without ever actually <laughs> logging into um, the. ESPN website, I'm sure. So good for him. Uh, so I've got, I'm two and one, and Gino is 0 and 3. He is at the bottom of the Japan shit mountain. Isn't that kind of like what always happens with Gino, though? Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, okay. it was too close. For an absentee owner, for an absentee owner, I only beat him by eight points. Yeah, that's nuts. Uh, Turd Ferguson, uh, Goats, Turd Ferguson's lost 77 to 102. To Mel's put respect on my name. Goat one and two. Mel one and two. Uh, Mary's cooking for robots. Bleep bloop. Beat Jose's lost Trey Savages sixty nine to sixty three in a squeaker. Both teams are have a record of one and two. Gem and the Denim Grams eighty seven points to Thatcher's Weasels are one of the owners. Uh, Juan currently has is the only unbeaten team. In the league with a record of three and zero, Thatcher has one is one and two and a bounty on his head. Yeah, yeah, he's got a bounty on him. Juan currently has what? a bounty on his head that was put out there by me. And lo and behold, guess who plays Juan next week? Me, baby, me. I'm yeah, gonna collect him down. I'm gonna collect that fucking bounty. Uh, Los Ingobernables, <laughs> Kelly's team lost uh, seventy six to one twenty one. Sharks, Shelbyville Sharks. 
Holy shit, man. What happened there? And my team is falling apart. Kelly's got a record of two and one. Shark has a record of two and one. And finally, Tito's Brooklyn Light, Brooklyn Dark Knights lost sixty-eight to seventy-one to Vetter's Darth Vetter. Uh, both teams have a two and one record. So, man, uh, you know what sucks when both of your starting running backs go down with an injury in the same week. Oh man, I lost ooh, Danny ooh, Woodhead ooh, for. I lost Danny Woodhead for the whole season. He's out. Oh, you you had Woodhead. And I had Doug Martin, who's out for the next two weeks. So I was just going with backup dudes in my spot. And then fucking Julio Jones only scored one point. Oh, I feel you, dog. I feel you. <laughs> one point in football. <laughs> one cat? Because well, he gets yards. It's fantasy so points. So he only had ten yards. It's fantasy points. It's not actually like scoreboard points in the game. Like. Yeah. I don't know how this shit works. Oh, you want us to explain it to you? Nope. <laughs> yeah, my team had a very, very None fucks given. Week. On the Emirates flights, they give you two hours or 100 megabytes of free Wi-Fi, and that's for a 14-hour flight, or oh, they God. make you pay. So uh, I was out of internet before uh, the debate started, before Monday Night Football started or anything. So I, first, I wasn't able to participate in any, like, social media discussion about the debate the debate and second i wasn't able to check my fantasy football scores until we got our fucking bags in orlando this afternoon and i won (laughs) it was close i was worried for you for a bit i was worried for me all week because nothing all due respect to gino it was a, a lovely man love a lovely ebony god but man Nothing hurts worse more than losing to Gino. <laughs> Ain't that right, Jose? Which my team does every <laughs> fucking year. <laughs> it's like losing a street race to a car on autopilot. <laughs> so I'm going to do that next year. That is that. I'm going to fucking auto-draft my team and come with that goddamn belt next year. Hey. Jeez. Well, there's a difference between auto-draft and then just completely being absentee. And you know what? I might be making claims that are uh, not totally accurate because he's he has set his lineup a couple of times so far this season. But in general, he gives up pretty quick. He still hasn't done any of his Kerouac punishments from last year. No respect. <laughs> fucking shameful is what it is. No respect for order. Speaking of Kerouac, uh, hold on, hold on just a second. Oh, no. Wait, 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 wait for it. Oh, no. Let me do that again because the volume wasn't all the way up. Nailed it. No, we up. <laughs> Apparently, uh, researchers have found the cause of Crohn's. So, good news, Kerouac. Oh, shit. Hey, oh, okay. <laughs> good for them. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. Well, I mean, the cause is one thing. How about a cure? Right, 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 right. Like, cause I'm not interested in what makes it happen. <laughs> I saw well, but at face- least now they could maybe reverse engineer it and figure it out. Yeah. Uh, there you go. There you they go. can work backwards now. It's a start. I how saw- do we put the shit back in there? Yeah, <laughs> we know how you get the poopy tummy. It's a <laughs> how do we solve the poopy tummy? It's a fungus. 
found inside really? humans. Huh. God, we're, we're, we're so fucking gross, It's an intestinal fungus. I saw Crohn's disease trending on Facebook, and I immediately thought I would click on it, and I'd see Kerouac's, one of Kerouac's gym selfies. <laughs> <laughs> we're so gross. Our bodies are disgusting. Oh, yes. Um, so I've talked about this on the show a few times, but how how my 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 body shuts down when I'm on a trip, especially oh, like yeah, a convention. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, so over the past week, I uh, I went. Nicole hates it when I refer to myself as a poop camel. <laughs> <laughs> I made I made poopy twice in the past week. Woo! So after five guys today, and after dropping Jose off at the airport or at his house, uh, I immediately had to shit for like nine people. And <laughs> I, Jose, you you'll know the feeling. I almost had my mom pull over on the side of 429 and did the oh. run down the hill. <laughs> oh, been there. Been there. This been there. This duty. It looked like two different people shat on top of each other. It was it was multiple different consistencies of shits. Oh. It was magnific- magnificent. So I got rid of the initial release. And then I had to go again three more times in the next 20 minutes. Oh, God. I took a picture of it. God damn it. Because, <laughs> just because, like, not, not to post well, it on. I know why. Not to post it on the internet. Not to gross people out. Just because, like, that is, it's, it's a, a scientific anomaly, I feel it is. <laughs> I texted my wife who said, you want me to send you a picture? And she says, no. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Because I don't want her opening a picture of my poop at work. But I did show it to her when she got home. You better believe it. <laughs> God damn it. Anybody, if anybody wants to see a picture of my uh, uh, week-old DM India poop, him. DM me. Slide into my DMs, and I will... Uh... He'll slide that shit right into yours. Hit him in that DM. Uh, he'll, give you, he'll, slide into, he'll slide into your BMs. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Great. Ugh, Speaking of BMs, uh by the time we do a show next, uh there may not be any more TNA wrestling. Okay, I've seen a bunch of shit on social media about this, but I always just assume it's it's you know, they they've been in danger of going out of business so many times over the past 10 years. Is this is this it? This might be. The report going around is that they have until Friday to get the proper funding needed so that they can A have their pay-per-view on Sunday and B do the taping their TV tapings the next day. And Billy Corgan. So they don't even have enough money to like put the next show on, is what you're saying. Yes, Billy Corgan currently does not have the kind of capital to put up to make that deal happen to buy the company outright. So right now, it's looking like uh, WWE might swoop in and pick him up. I mean, if nothing more than their tape library. Yes, it's it's another shit. That's fucking fifteen years worth of. TNA that they could put on the network. Oh yeah, because 
Contrary to TNA's current shit product, they were good at one point, and they've got a whole bunch of awesome AJ Styles and Samoa Joe yeah, stuff. But I thought currently, I thought the product currently was actually pretty good. It's just no one's watching it. I, I haven't been watching it, but I thought I thought people were into it. You know, the whole final deletion shit, and you know they've that's got that's really it. That's all that anyone's into. The <laughs> but rest they've got like Drew Galloway in there, and they've got a bunch of young 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 bucks. Yeah. No, well, no one hard. really likes it. And don't they have sweet ass, crazy Matt Hardy running around that bitch? Yeah, that's that's final deletion. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much their hottest thing, and you get a lot of people jumping in just for that, right? But the you could the the drop from people that were watching the uh, de- the delete the final deletion to the people the rating the week after was pretty drastic. And they pretty much went back to their old numbers immediately. <laughs> yeah, I'm reading a story about it right now. Wow. It's looking dire. So we'll see what happens. In the meantime, on Friday, Ring of Honor has a pay-per-view that's got a pretty good card and no problems that they're going to have to air it. it it's, <laughs> it's funny because Jose and I had a, a pretty inter- interesting discussion recently about uh, WWE and competition and you know he he was using the old argument that they don't have any competition currently there's not a WCW and then I started thinking about how the their number two currently isn't isn't any one company it's the independence yeah that's that is the if you're like a Cody Rhodes if you're a WWE wrestler and you feel like you're not being used well or treated well you go to the independence and you make a name there. You make shitloads of money on the road booking yourself. And then somewhere down the line, if you've made a big enough name, WWE might bring you back and you might get a, get a shot at the big time. But it, it's almost territory level these days with so many huh. little yeah, independent promotions popped up everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, because there are the various territories of indies. You've got yeah. the Northeast. You've got uh, pretty much just PWG in California. And there's a couple others, but PWG is the big one. You've got the Southern Wrestling Contingent, which that's a whole side of the wrestling internet that's kind of shitty. But, <laughs> but whatever. Um, and then you've got the the Midwest Wrestling. So there's... You know, it's different subsets of it. So, yeah, it really is like the territories. And right now, the European scene is probably the hottest yeah, up-and-coming yeah. scene. Yeah, that too. I'd say the wrestling business as a whole is healthier today than it's been since the Monday Night Wars. It, it might not be getting the same sort of ratings. Yeah, but I would say overall, it's... Right now is one of the best times to be a wrestler. Yes, yes. There's more opportunity for wrestlers these days. And because it's so easy to watch stuff th- these days, you can get your stuff out there easily. And Well, tell because... that to TNA. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just God. they had the wrong people at the top for too long. Oh, yeah. Dixie's been running that place into the ground for years. So had she been running it, or I, I didn't know if she was actually involved, or she was just a face that ran around in heels. Oh no, no, she is the owner of the company until very recently when she sold some of her shares. But I'm still not quite sure on what her role is right now. 
bum money chick? Pretty much. She's just been borrowing money from her parents and Billy Corgan. And we were and also who, who are her parents? Are her parents people? They, they of own uh, Panda Energy, which is a pretty big energy company, like a power company. Yeah, yeah. We were also talking well, about apparently how apparently that power company can't keep the lights on. <laughs> <laughs> well, they finally pulled out like their money. They're just like, "Fuck, this is just a waste of money." They will back up contracts. So there are a few guys in the company, the higher-ranking guys that have their contracts. Uh, guaranteed. Yeah, guaranteed by Panda Energy money. But beyond that, I don't think they put much money into the company anymore. It's a shame. Uh, we were also talking about how... I, I think he brought up the notion of WWE ever folding. And I was just kind of like, I don't, I don't see that ever happening. Even if ratings drop off they're it's not just they're not a wrestling company they're a brand now they are they are disney you know you know they've they've bought up marvel they've bought up star wars they've got uh wwe has wcw they have ecw they have all this the wrestlemania brand on its own is worth so much that it'll be around forever I'm sure they could find a way to live purely on the network. Yes. And be fine. Yeah, because that's that's decades. Yeah. Almost a century worth of of content. And I'm sure subscriptions would go up if that was the only way to see the product, if they were off USA. Yes, but it's just a matter of they probably make more money off the TV contracts than they do on the... Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I just thought it was an it was an interesting conversation we had. At least I thought it was. I thought I said great things. <laughs> Sorry, my back hurts. It's not your fault. You tell the right things. I got, I, got, I got that old man back pain. That's all. Get all wincy with it. <laughs> yeah, I might have seen Jose uh, grimace in pain a couple times this weekend. Oof. Getting getting up from a prone position. I got on the, the mats for the first time in a while tonight, and I think I hurt my back. I don't need a back out of me. <laughs> yeah. When, when can we start buying backs? <laughs> yeah. can, I, can I get some stem cells and pump them bitches right in there? <laughs> Is that how that works? I don't know. Yeah, let me get some of that Kobe Bryant new knee shit. <laughs> right, let's wrap it up, gentlemen. It's called night. Yep. Fucking. It's not bad. Not bad. Let's just do this again sometime. Maybe be, uh, next week. Good to be back. Yeah. 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 Fucking yeah, October. October. Fucktober. <laughs> I can October. Fucktober. Yeah. Uh, Fucktober. We actually have tickets to go see Prophets of Rage this weekend. Is that happening, Jose? Did you forget about that? Yeah, the first, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't seen a fucking concert in a hot minute. We what, it, it was. What time is that? I, I don't know. We'll we'll check it out. It was. Yeah, I'm too old for a metal show, man. I know for a yeah, fact but I this was. Think, I cannot last a metal show. This was part of that Ticketmaster, um, settlement thing, and they're they're lawn seats, so it's not it's not you know uh, in okay. the pit or anything like that, and they were free. So. Right on. Right on. Oh, yes. Yo, join us next week at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. No, chat.panels on page.com. You can email us, 
podcast at panelsonpages.com or I'll leave us a voicemail by calling 616-951-1POP and we'll play and I'll read them shits all over the airs. So yeah. For uh, Jason Nyes, Jose Gusman, and Kelly Harris, I'm the Lord Reverend Lee Rodriguez and we'll talk to you guys next week. Matt, love you. Bye. Do you remember when we ride our bikes through the woods late at night in the springtime when youth and innocence were on our side and we could so we did never thinking anything was possible no one was responsible do you remember when we ride our bikes and when the monsters come at night and no one feels like they're on your side no everybody feels the same I heard you calling I heard you calling out my name I heard you calling I heard you calling out my name Remember when we ride our bikes In the woods, late at night, ever dreaming The sound of leaves and dirt beneath our tires And the rain falling down on the pavement Birds were flying across the sky Never thought of how or why Do you remember when we ride our bikes Bravo! I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, it though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away! Hey, boo! 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 It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.